Enswell Boxing. You're welcome on in. Ireland's Boxing Weekly Podcast on all things amateur, professional, domestic and international. If you'd like to find a link for all the previous episodes on any platform or if you'd just like to keep an eye on our social media, you'll find all of that and more in today's show notes. You're very welcome on in indeed to a cold, frosty, but sprightly episode of Elites, the second in our little series. And my focus for this episode is on Monkstown Boxing Club, a very, very special story of a community, of an area in inner city Dublin, which has had its fair share of struggles to say at the very least. Rather than have me rabbiting on telling you the story and I'm going to introduce you to one of the people who has played one of the biggest roles in the rejuvenation of the club and, subsequently, the community itself. I'm talking about J.P. Kinsella, who, of course, is a coach with Monkstown Boxing Club in Dublin. Some of you listeners will know that at the recent elite senior finals in the stadium, two of their most promising young stars made the breakthrough to claim Irish senior titles for the very first time. And Sean Murray, of course was not long back from the World Military Games. It's a special few days, it's a special few weeks, and, mm-hmm. and you get the feeling from talking to the lads that it's only going to get better and bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well fingers crossed. Like, But like the thing is, is um, I suppose it's taken a long time to get to here, but like with the structures we have in place, fingers crossed that the conveyor belt will keep going now, you know? I suppose boxing is about the now, but to do the yeah. story justice, we take it back yeah. a few years about... Just tell us about Monkstown, where it all began. So in Mountown, you have in Fitzgerald Park, you have in the eight, in the seventies and eighties, you had like I think there was, I think there was ten or eleven four-story high blocks of flats, and then that was on one side of Fitzgerald Park, and then on the other side, then you had about two hundred masonette type houses. So you had an upstairs and a downstairs, and I actually lived in in one in number one hundred. So I grew up there, and, and growing up there as a young lad, it was great, you know what I mean, because there was just tons of kids everywhere, so you were, you know, you were doing lots of different things within the day, you know what I mean, one, one minute you're playing football, and you're climbing trees, and you're running around, and it's great crack, you know what I mean, it was Robin, a great place Robin to grow Orchards up. Robin Orchards, and, and yeah. No, oh, 100%, <laughs> Robin Orchards, catching bees, you know, <laughs> doing whatever you need to do, you know what I mean, like, so, so we we great fun, you know, and it was a great place to grow up, like, and uh, because you, you just had tons of kids everywhere, you know, and, and each day was different. Basically, what happened then was was when drugs sort of came into Ireland and into Dublin in particular, Dunleary was very badly hit because you know you had the port down in Dunleary, which was coming from Hollyhead, and the flats where we were was sort of the first point to call, bring it up there, and then and then sort it out, and then get it get distributed all over the place. So. There was, you know, it was it was ravaged pretty quickly in the 90s, you know. So a lot of crime then, and there was riots and stuff with police and all that in, in the mid-90s. And then it sort of went through a regeneration period where a lot of the flats were knocked down and were building houses and stuff, you know. But there was one block of flats left. In this block of flats that was left on the bottom floor, it, it, was, it was used as a community centre. So on the bottom floor, there was a creche. And there was a couple of offices for community workers. And then on the second floor, there was a couple of classrooms for like after school activities type thing. Yeah. The third and the fourth floor were derelict. So there was nothing going on there. They had been left since people had moved out. So there's one of the, the chairman of the club who's still chairman today and he's still a coach in the club, Tommy Rappel. That's Jake Rappel's father. 
he he had a he had a son Dean Rappel and Dean was sort of thirteen fourteen at the time. Uh, this was around you know two thousand and two two thousand three, and Dean and all his mates. You know, there wasn't really much for them to do. The place was starting to get mad again, you know, and they were all, as Tommy would say, you know, the young lads were just going to head down the wrong road. Paul Carraher is also a coach with Monkstown Boxing Club and he features on a fantastic documentary on YouTube called My Medicine, which goes into some detail about what went on around Monkstown area at the time. And this is one of a couple of little clips I took from that documentary just to give an insight as to what the area was like around those times. In the flats there was an epidemic of, of joyriding where lads were robbing cars and they were just setting them on fire and just trying to get the police in so they could stone the police. There was a drug problem in the area as well, you know, which it brought a lot of people down. And there was a guy, uh, Tommy Rappel, he's a local fella, you know, he's lived in Fitzgerald Park most of his life, he's married life. But just one day Tommy thought enough was enough, we'll have to get something going for the community. I think Tommy thought, well look at my sport is boxing, I can get in a boxing club going. And then there was uh, uh, John Paul Kinsley, he's the manager of the club, you know, and like, Paul, he's done a lot of boxing over the years as well, and boxed for Ireland and all that. And in case anybody's wondering, JP Kinsley is Paulie. Tommy done boxing in Brack. He was a very accomplished boxer himself. So what happened was, he went to the, to the community centre where the block of flats, the derelict block of flats was, and he asked them, look, you know, would it be space somewhere I could use? And they said, look, you know, you can take the third floor, Tommy, of this place. You know, you're more than well, there's no one using it. And Tommy went on the recruitment mission then, and he, he approached me and a couple of other lads and asked them, would we give him a dig out? And only two, two, two glad to help, you know, because it was from the area, and I... You know, it's the only thing I really knew, to be honest with you, was boxing. We started out, now in fairness to Tommy and, and another couple of lads, they went in and torn this, you know, this year's floor of three separate flats. They started knocking down walls and building partitions and doing the other stuff, you know, and it was it was just amazing to see, you know, and this is where the boxing club started out. We had brackets along the wall. We had a little ring. It was just basically rope around the wall. And we had... We had our office in the kitchen. If you think of it like this, one side of the, the walls, you had like old wallpaper and, you know, lino on the floor. You had wood chip on the other floor because it was all different different people's rooms, you know, but we had knocked it all into one. It was an amazing place. And once it started out, you know, it worked out having this boxing club for, for young kids, you know. We were flooded pretty quickly with, with kids from around there. As is the case... With every club, in every part of the world, not just boxing clubs in Ireland, it takes many hands, many, many different moving parts to keep a successful club going. So here's Otis Ingle to tell us just how it keeps going and how it grew from strength to strength. And if you want, a little bit of the secret behind the success. JP asked me um, to come down and help at the club. There was a no other coaches around and he needed a lift out to Crumlin I think it was and I had a car didn't know nothing about coaching knew a small bit about boxing went over to Crumlin done corners didn't know what I was doing but got by with the kids and uh, that was my first night at Monkstown Boxing Club Still to this day our community means an awful lot to us we try and put our community before any decision that we make if it's going to work for the community, well, then, then yes, you know, well, well, let's 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 run with whatever idea we have, you know. And they were starting to do very well, and and we were, you know, bringing them into the Dublin leagues then and stuff, and and everything was going fine. And then we moved from there, from the flats to they built a brand new community centre, and we went in there. We had to knock down 
the block of flats where the club was first opened, right? So in order for them to get the club out of there, they had to give them a new premises. What we do is, you know, they might be trying four nights a week. You might not be able to make it on the four nights, but you get down what nights you can, you know. We rotate it between us and all, and the club is going great. We've, we've been there up until before the pandemic, and like that, the club has just grown. Up until the pandemic, the, the, our numbers were huge. Probably over 150 boxers. That's ranging from eight-year-old kids up to elite men, you know, and all in between. So now we're starting to get to the nuts and bolts of this story. And what makes it truly special? We've seen a community that was ravaged and almost decimated by a drugs epidemic in the late 80s and 90s. And out of a pure determination not to allow their kids suffer anymore and almost almost a desperation the locals the community Tommy JP Otis and the rest of the crew decided no more we're going to do something about this and so they did and this fantastic club was born and from there they worked and worked and worked and built and what they have today is, is truly special genuinely goes beyond boxing, I believe. But, like everybody else last year, they were hit just as hard with yet another epidemic. A pandemic. After so many years of toil, graft, hard work, genuine endeavour. What was going to happen with Monkstown BC? Was it all under serious threat? Everything they'd worked for? When the pandemic came, we made a conscious decision as a as as a coaching team. We had these Zoom meetings and stuff with, with each other, you know, and I remember we, we chatted one time and we said, look, that there's nothing going to happen now, so there's no point in us going after the elites now, you know what I mean? Like, So what we will do is, is we'll invest very heavily in our juniors and we're going to work extremely hard on getting them up to scratch. By the time that the, you know, boxing does start back again, we, you know, all them young kids that we will work with will be up and ready to go. That's come true to fruition now because we've done beginners' courses online on Zoom. Um, then when the outdoor restrictions open up, we've done, the, we've done beginners' courses outdoors. Um, so what happened was when we were outdoors at the time, it was a bit of a nightmare because the usual thing, you know, you're, we were just training in a local field and... The numbers were huge. You know, we 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 had over 130 kids, so we had them all breaking into. We broke into pods of 15 in one part, and another pot of 15 all around the pit, a big field. You know, there's a local club here, St Joseph's Football Club. They knew what was going on, and they knew we were having a bit of hassle. You know, because we were constantly watching the weather forecast. You know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, yes, boxing's on today. Everything's great. Uh, we'll check in again at two o'clock. Everyone's, you know, texting me, it's boxing on, it's starting to rain at two, you know, what's going on? And, and all the coaches are watching the weather forecasters. They gave us use of, an astro, of astro pitches that they have, and we were delighted with that. And then when the indoor restrictions opened up, strangely enough, the council, uh, and in fairness, Dublin City Council, all the council, they cancelled all services and community centres only to frontline staff, you know. So you, the only thing that was going on in their community centre was, was the crash because there was frontline workers that had kids, so they were taking them, you know. But all the groups, the AA groups, the all the other the homework clubs, everything else, and, and the boxing club weren't allowed to be used in the community centre. So what happened was Joey's said to us, Glad you're more than welcome to use our hall. So we asked them, could we put up a ring? He said, yeah, no problem, work away. So we put up two rings, 
and now we have 15 bags along the wall up there. So now it's our elites are doing very well at the top, and now our juniors are like we have the Dublin leagues weigh in on Thursday for the boys, and every year like we would have between 20 and 30 entries, and now we have nearly 60 entries going in on Thursday. That's 60 boys aged from uh, 11 up to 15. And then we have, like, we'd always have about five girls, but now we have, I think there's 14 girls. In behind that then is a whole range of classes going on on a Tuesday and a Thursday. When the Kelly Harrington team was going on, you know, and the, and the Olympics was going on, and the lads are doing very well over there, their phones were getting hopped off by everything from parents with five-year-old kids to 50-year-old men looking to do a bit of boxing. There's no memberships or signs of that, like, and, and that works very, very well. And then we have our junior beginner classes. There's two or three classes of them, um, and there, there's about 40 or 50 in each one of those classes. And then seeing that there was a demand from the community for a five- to eight-year-old class, so we said, look, we'll do a registration one Friday about we'd, what we said was we'll do an eight-week beginner's course for them. And we said, look, on a Friday, such and such a date, come up to Joey's Club and register your young kid. And we were expecting 20-odd kids. It was, you know, that'd be great. But it turned out there was 62 kids registered, right? And then, but the actual next Friday that it started, there was another 20 added on that. So there was 82 kids. So there wow. now, they've done six weeks. So there now, they have two weeks left then, and they'd be finished. What else we done was, was we because of the Kelly Harrington effect, like we were getting inundated with, with parents looking for their girls to join boxing. So we we made a conscious decision that we have found in the past that when girls walk up to our junior classes, which are really, like when you think of it, there's 40, 40 to 50 young lads. There's probably about three or four girls only, you know. And, you know, the coaches, like we've we've 12 male coaches and one female coach, which is Eve Carr. And, um, you know, when, when a girl walks up and looks in, they just feel very intimidated. So what we said, look, with this new new crop that we've got interest in, we'll run an eight-week beginner's course for girls only. And what we'll do is is we will do all the, the boxing stuff with them, the pad work, the skipping, the bag work, the everything else that we do. And then once the eight weeks is finished then, we will integrate them into different classes Under that's in the club. So exactly, yeah. So we have 25 girls there and they're, they're doing that at the moment and you know, they, they're in their fifth week, so they have only three weeks left. So once they finish then, we'll integrate them into various different classes, you know. So one last one then, you might know about this, Al. We got some people from the community, carers and with people that are suffering from Parkinson's disease. They were wondering, do we do this rock steady boxing classes? Now, we hadn't heard of it, but one of the coaches looked into it and they seen then that it's very bene- boxing is very beneficial to people that have Parkinson's. So we're looking into that now, and we're going to we're going to start doing a rock steady boxing class for people that have Parkinson's within the community. I think because we have never sort of gone away from our values, you know, that it's worked well for us. Now we're starting to see the results of the elites are doing very well, you know, and then we've like the, the the leagues, young lads like are doing well, and the girls are doing well. So look, it's it's. Now it's not without its hard work, and it's not without its it's tough going from coaches that are you know, look. We have a really, really dedicated coaching team, you know what I mean, and a really dedicated committee, 
who are striving for constant just to just to help us along and to you know anything we need we're there for you you know what I mean so we're very grateful for that I've just written down as you were, as I listened closely there JP yeah. logistics planning strategic and the attention to detail and I think from what you've told me yeah. there in those four you're encapsulating all of those in a simple format. Boxing sometimes can be overcomplicated. Sport can be overcomplicated. A lot of the time, I include myself in this. I just want to know where I have to be, what time I have to be there, and what have I to bring. I know that it's not simple. I know it's not easy. It'd be wrong to say it like that. But yeah. you've put it together yeah. in a package that's simple. And coming out of the, the lockdown in a weird sort of way, the club is thriving. Exactly, yeah. I want to give a big shout out and a thanks, as always, to our amazing sponsors. Irish Power, the best Irish energy drink, and as far as I know, the only Irish energy drink on the market. Put a proper pep in your step, whether you use it for pre-training or for Monday mornings or to even mix with a drink or two. Whatever you choose, go for Irish Power. It packs a proper punch. And also, top pro boxing. Irish-owned, Irish-run company, Dublin-based. Mike is the man to go to. If you want wraps, if you want boxing gloves, if you want boots, if you want kit, t-shirts, sweatshirts, whatever it is you want, Top Pro Boxing are the ones to go to. Exporting kit to over 80 countries worldwide. Whatever it is you need, Top Pro Boxing have it. And what can I say about Violent Gentlemen? The best boxing specific brand in the business. Boxing inspired with a vintage concept. It's the brand that boxers all over Ireland are now starting to seek out and wear. Whether it's leisure wear, whether it's training wear, Violent Gentleman is based in Belfast, the best boxing city in the world, as everybody knows. And if you don't want to believe me, take a look at their website, www.violentgent20.com. Violent inside the ropes, a gentleman outside them. Behave accordingly. So, I think, and I hope that that brief summary with JP brings us from the initial stage up to present day and coming through COVID and lockdown and everything else. For all the brilliant work the clubs do at Underage, and they do brilliant work at Underage, putting those building blocks in place, the fundamentals, right at those early days when when it's so important to get it right. Just before I go across to Jake, Jack and Sean, a f- coach that... JP mentioned earlier on in this episode is a lady by the name of Eve Carr who began her boxing journey as a fighter and has since progressed at quite a young age in terms of of coaching to be a full-time coach and playing a colossal role in the success and the progress and I caught up with Eve on Thursday night just gone. You slot in there in in a hugely important role part of the growth over the last 12 to 18 months out of the back of lockdown has been, of course, the underage coaching with the young girls. And how special yeah. and important is it for the girls to have someone they can feel comfortable around? Well, I think it's just invaluable, to be honest. Like, even from myself, thinking back to when I I was probably 14, 15 going into a boxing club and never been in one before, never been in that situation at all. And when I went in, it, it is intimidating. Like, no matter, I don't think it matters if you're a girl or not. It's an intimidating place to be. Um, if you're starting off, if you don't know anyone, I didn't know anyone when I walked in. and um, So I think for the young girls, it is important just to just to have someone there that you feel like, even like sometimes I just ask them to start training house school, like yeah. what are you doing at the weekends? Just to kind of break that, just so they know if there is something, 
that they can come up and say it to me, whether it's like completely irrelevant or something that they need or ask or anything like that. I think it's so important. I think awareness is a good word. Like you see a lot of, especially now at the minute, like going like on social media and on what's happening on nights out and stuff. And it's terrifying, like mm. what can happen. And like, yeah, it's just, it's just really frightening. And the fact that we even have to think in a different way than say a lad going out is just I just it's think wrong. it's crazy yeah it is it's wrong the, the importance of as you say of a girl of a young girl being able to approach a coach whether it's yeah. a medical issue whether it's a body issue whether it's a comfort issue no matter what it is it's not yeah. easy for a girl it's a different time of her life it's a different time of everything else but it's yeah. also that initial contact and that initial comfort yeah i think so and like even stuff like there's sensitive topics for like lads and girls like whether it's making weight or food and stuff like that and I think it, it like f- for me anyways thinking back to when I was training I definitely would have appreciated that voice and I am very conscious now of being that voice of it not being like right you're weighing in in two weeks time like you can't eat it and, and then you're sitting bag. there going <laughs> yeah and literally like I've, I've had that 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 was me like and I'm so conscious now not to be that to rather like it, for say especially younger girls and it's you know maybe not as important to to make a certain weight to just like educate them more so like don't be having this have this as a substitute rather than you're making weight don't eat yeah. stuff like that I think I'm very conscious now about what I'd say and how I'd say it compared yeah. to how maybe it was said to me um without that kind of female presence in a club tell us from from a from a teenage girl's point of view when you walk in and there's a there's usually a rough tough gruff cold yeah. with a fag hanging out his mouth shouting orders <laughs> at the top of the gloom now i'm not saying every club is the same but you get yeah. the picture tell us a little bit of that feeling and how you work as a coach to try and get away from that and make it a, make it a different experience so i walked in and i had it was so random i just said to my mum and dad right this is what I want to start let's go down and they were a bit like what is going on okay <laughs> so brought me down and thought they and they'd say it now they were like we thought we'd be there for the night and you'd say do you know what <laughs> I tried it not for me um but obviously that wasn't the case but it was intimidating and there was <laughs> there was a while when I don't remember even speaking to anyone I just kind of went in done my training and left didn't know anyone it took a while to kind of warm up and the coaches were like when I walked in it wasn't like here who's this they're very welcoming there was people of all different you know backgrounds which was different for me the school I went to and the friends I have um we're all from the same area we all kind of have the same same backgrounds we went to you know an all-girls catholic school all very so when I went here I thought my god like there's this is completely different to what I'm used to and I think part of me loved that I love that side of it thinking there's more to kind of what I was doing than you know what I had thought so I am um, I know I loved it and um now I think as a coach when people come in you get you can see body language and you can see the difference like girls coming in with their friends running down throwing their bags in they're not the ones that you need to go are you okay like is everything all right or they're not even the ones you need to go out of your way to say hello to it's the ones that come in that are standing say by themselves or are just standing there with their bag don't really know where to go it's those you need to go over and say you know how are you do you want to throw your bag down the back do you have anyone here that's that you're in school with do you know anyone here things like that and I think even just asking asking them a question going over and saying oh here's where you put your bag there's the bathroom 
that makes a difference because I know that I that was lacking for me. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your journey. You're a young coach, you're a young lady. Yeah. What, what brought you into coaching? It was a very natural kind of decision for me to say I'm going to, because uh, I was only 18 when it kind of swapped over. Um, and it wasn't just one day I woke up and said, right, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm, I want to go into coaching. It kind of just happened naturally. And then obviously the club that I was in at the time needed a female coach. So I'd done a badge for that. And then as time went on, I thought this is actually the side of boxing that I prefer more. Um, I feel like I can give more and I get more more out of it. Um, and I was lucky enough then to be brought into the high performance to help out with, with coaching up there. Um, for the schoolgirls, youth and youths and juniors, um, and then as kind of things progressed, then I was lucky enough then that I got to do my one star badges, which is what you need to go to Europeans and stuff. Um, that was a week long course in the stadium, and that was tough. Like it is, it's a tough. You've the week doing um assessments, and then you've two exams at the end. Um, and it is, it's tough, like, but I was lucky, like, there was people doing the course with me that were, like, we were supportive of each other. It was, it was actually an enjoyable week, to be honest, with the, even though the stress of it all. Um, and then after that, then I was lucky enough to get picked. So I was, I've, since then, I've been at three Europeans um, and I've been away on, like, internationals and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I've been very lucky um, since I kind of swapped over to the coaching and it's not many, I suppose, when you're on a night out or when you're on a day out or you're out with the mates or whatever else they're saying. I wouldn't say there's too many. I can't be able to turn around <laughs> and say, I'm a full-time coach. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I And I'm very much appreciative of kind of what's happened in the last few years. Like, obviously, there's been a lot of late nights, early mornings, hard work, sometimes thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I <laughs> would I rather be going out with my friends or going to this, but it's it's all been worth it it's been great like I've the last, it's just yeah I've had some amazing experiences and met some incredible people that like I'm just yeah I've been very fortunate I'm biased and I'm accused of this all the time but I say the same <laughs> I've been around I've trained football teams I've trained ladies football teams I've trained yeah. soccer teams I've played soccer played football I've always been fascinated by the boxers I just think they're just I they're such a simple but complex characters they're, they're, they're yeah they're, and I suppose the simplicity of it is for me, 99 out of 100 times when I say, when I ring a fighter or talk to a fighter first, the very first thing that comes out about how are you? And I know that's very simplistic, but mm-hmm. that's them in a nutshell, you know, and then you can get yeah. into it and you can find out the complexities. But I can honestly say there's no two fighters I've spoken to are the same. None. They're no. All, they all have their own little quirks, their own little things. And, and that's yeah. what makes them special and what they do and go through a lot of the time just for the love of the sport. It's, yeah. It's, it, people would And that's what it. makes coaching, I think, so maybe exciting, but like so interesting and so intriguing. And that's why you kind of never, it's never repetitive because it's so, obviously it's a team, it's a club, you're all training together. But then when it comes down to it, it is like nearly one-on-one and you get to know all these different things about people, the little things they that you need to get them you know, whether it's in the ring, you need to get them going or if it's to calm them down or you know what, what works for certain people. And that's what makes it so interesting that you're never, it's never like a photocopy, right, this works, this is what I'm going with. It's, you're always, and yes, yeah, sometimes you get it wrong and you just have to kind of sometimes say, right, that didn't work there. But it, it is, it's it's so interesting that the way you can see how the different boxes work. What would be the most difficult part, would you say, of a coach's job? Was it getting the fighter, preparing the fighter to get to the ring or when they're in the ring and maneuvering them and, and coaching them through the fights? 
again, it depends. Different boxers, different, you know, some of them are much better and will do a lot more to prepare themselves. Others, before a fight, others you have to be on top of, like, say, even stuff, simple stuff like going out running, things like that. You have to be constantly, did you do that? Are you doing this? And then another will do all that, no problem. And then once they get in the ring, it's a bit like you need to kind of guide them exactly. Um, so it just depends. Um, each box is obviously very different. Um, and that's obviously the challenge then of a coach to figure out who um, who needs what from you and when. Um, but that's kind of, that's the part I enjoy. I enjoy the, like, say when you're away at, at tournaments, at Europeans, it's the excitement of it all. You're It's nonstop for the two weeks, 10 days, whatever it is, like nonstop. And it's just the buzz that I get from stuff like that is just, I love it. I thrive in that scenario. I, I just love it. Yeah, um, obviously the highlight of the summer for us all, box for all of us boxing fans, was yeah. I, I've, I, I'm running out of words for this girl. You think you've seen a performance of a lifetime in the ring, and then you hear an interview, and you're like, Jesus Christ, where? Yeah. What? From yeah. from your point of view as a coach, when you're talking to girls, how to be able to turn to somebody like that and refer to someone like that? It's is there any words? It's it's priceless, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And like, you could see it straight away when, when like the, the clubs were back and the, the hype was still like before even Kelly came home, what, what it was doing to the boxing clubs, like girls coming in. And that's why then JP set up then the, the girls only beginners course, because it was just like people coming in and, oh, I, I watched Kelly. Oh, I, I'm here because I've seen Kelly. I'm here because, and it's just like, and then especially when you know her, then you're like, this is just like, if you could bottle this up, this feeling and what she's done for these young girls, whether whether they stay boxing or whether they do the, the eight week course, whatever, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah, she's in, I was on my lunch break a while back and I was in Dunleary Shopping Centre and there she was just going up the escalator. And like I called her over and I was like, oh, my God, like and she just turns and goes, oh, sure. Life's the same. I says it's not the same. She obviously appreciates and understands what she's done, of course, but she just takes it. And it was just like, yeah, like everything's grand. It's grand. I was like, this is just. Yeah. She stayed amateur. How big is that? I mean, that's priceless, isn't it? Yeah. Huge, huge. Um, Because it's not like the next, what is it? Three years, hopefully, to qualifications, like. Those three years, like imagine, like people who started boxing because of her in three years' time, if they get to see her in another Olympics, young girls, young boys, like that, imagine that feeling that we had all over again. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able for it. Oh, I'd be able for give it to me every evening, give it to me every weekend, <laughs> give it because uh, it's, it's, I hook me up to an IV and give it to me just 24 7. It's just. It's, uh, it's exhilarating. What's the immediate plans for yourself? What's on the horizon? What What are you now looking towards and planning towards and strategy for for looking into twenty twenty two? Um. Well, the Dublin leagues are starting back up now. The girls are weighing in on Saturday, so that'll be good to get to get back to that. And then, um, just yeah, just keep training with the club back down in Monkstown as much as I can. Um, and whatever comes up in the new year, hopefully we'll get back into to as much normality as we can um, for ourselves and obviously the boxers as well. Ultimately, for most if not all fighters, the biggest prize is senior. Can they win that elite title? Can they force their way through to the high performance unit and represent Ireland? Can they go a step farther into the Olympics and the World Championships and the Europeans? 
and they're doing pretty okay here too. They're doing more than okay. The recent elite finals in Dublin, Jake Rappel and Jack Marley took a home elite Irish titles. And but for timing, coming just at the back of the World Military Games, Sean Marley too would have entered and no doubt gone a long way, if not all the way. Dawn came home from those World Championships with a bronze medal. So they've now got three senior fighters pushing forward into the elites and they were in camp recently in Sheffield with Team GB and a few other international squads when I eventually caught up with them to have a chat. Before I say any more, Jack, congratulations to you. You're the new Irish champion. You've got a lot of people talking. How does it feel? That was the that was the number one goal before anything else was. I didn't look past anything. I just that title. But for anyone that's not aware, you're in camp in GB in Sheffield with with a with a few different countries. You're training and 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 having test matches. How does that feel? And how's it been going? It's my first time out here in Sheffield, but it's, uh, no, I'm loving the setup. Yeah, it's it's heavyweight HQ over here. Like haven't seen AJ now, but um, newly crowned bronze medalist, the Olympic bronze medalist for Fraser Clark. He was there. Only seen him for a second. I was sitting at the chat when we were at the How tough was that? As opposed to win that first senior title. It was tough, yeah. It was. Um, I did. I. I didn't really feel any pressure at like because it was my first uh, elite championships. But I just went in and just enjoyed myself. Like I went to the under twenty twos Europeans in June, so I, I, I was. That's what kind of took the ring rust off me. Like, and then uh, I took I took a week or two off, and then I was I was training ever since that really. So, you brought the bronze medal home from there, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, incredible stuff. So it's it's been um, while most people are pissing and moaning about twenty twenty one, it hasn't been a bad year for Jack Marley. No, it's been a good year, but um, it could have been worse, as you say. You know what I mean? How was it for yourself? How did you handle it? Your lockdown Absolutely. and no training and everything else. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really mind it. To be honest, I was just running, just running every day, and just keeping busy and swimming and stuff like that. Like I was kept busy enough, like while still isolating at the same time. Were you sea swimming or river swimming or were you did you no, stick to the swimming, yeah. sea, sea swimming? Yeah. And would you go early in the morning when you would? Ah, uh, it depends what time I ran out. I'd, I'd go after my run, like. And it works almost like an ice bath, sort of. Yeah, yeah, just a recovery. It's it's all happening right now. We've got the worlds on the immediate horizon. The media here, as usual, are are looking to take their own slant on it. But it doesn't take a genius to work out. You're not in Sheffield for the good of your health. Well, it's a it's a fresh. Uh, First start, basically, if you look at it that way. Like, there's a lot of experienced lads in, in here from like the younger age right up. I've been I've been on a, a couple of trips with the lads, and then the, there's three of us here from Monkstown, myself, Sean, Murray, and Jake Grapple. So we all fairly know each other well. Like Monkstown Club as a whole, it's really on the height at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, we're doing well now. Yeah, we, we're doing well. We had three three in the elite finals. Could have been four, but Sean um, Sean got the bronze medal back from the the army games. Got into the boxing when I was about nine. I was a I was a heavy kid, so I was just I was just thrown into the boxing just to get a bit of weight off, and I just I ended up loving it. I was heavy, but I I threw, I threw a lot of shots at it for a heavy kid. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't until I was about twelve till the, the weight started coming down. And there's a lot of people who think heavyweights they don't have to weigh in and all that. that which is that's the I won't even say casual. That's the ignorant opinion on it. You guys have an optimal weight. You have a performance weight, and everything you do from the morning, from the time you go to bed at night till the time you wake up in the morning. How is it for you? I don't know how other lads find it now because I'm only in my own head, really. To be honest, like so. But I find I find it handy enough, like to be honest. But I'm still only young, so I'm still I'm still only growing into the weight. Yeah, so you're you're going to add the muscle as as you go along, and you'll build it gradually. Yeah, down than... down the line, it's going to get harder and harder. But it's, I'll just I'll reap the rewards the rewards from that. Like, yeah. And are you are you a boxing fan outside of? Not really, to be honest. Like, I don't I don't watch much sport in general. 
what would you do, I suppose, as a as a pastime when you're not on it, when you're not on it, which is looking at 2021, when you're winning bronze medals and you're back winning elite titles, there hasn't been too many nights where you're not on it, I suppose. So when you do get a bit of downtime and you get a bit of time to yourself, what's Jack Marley going to be doing for himself to, to just chill out? Uh, Jack Marley likes eating. <laughs> um, what what would be the go-to meals what, when, you, when you're oh, not worrying? Go, the go-to is the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> You'd put away a bit of it, I'd say, when you're not having to worry about it. Ah yeah, but I put put it I put it away all right. <laughs> Good that's man. Awesome. If anyone has earned a Juve earned it, that's for sure. And when you get a Chinese sponsor, it'll be even better for you. Ah, I know. <laughs> for many lads, it'll be a heavy weight. It's a heavy crown to wear. What's that like for you to come back as and have the kids in the club looking up at you and and wanting to be you and and how does that feel? Oh, I, I don't really feel that. To be honest, like, it's just it's a, it's the same as it was before I before I start winning that like. You strike me as a sort of fella who doesn't. You don't overthink things. More of an interest, more of an interest in it. They, they listen to you a bit more, but yeah, I'm still, still, the, still the same. Still you, the same. Like you strike me as a sort of fella. You don't overthink things. You, you, you're very much in the now. There's not too many nah, people just, like that. No, I just let things come as they come. Like there's no point stressing on that. Like it's a busy time and it's an important time because the the nucleus of this team has been found. The coaches and the people about you guys who are. Who've seen it all? They've done it all. You've, how important are they? And and how is that for for fellas that are pushing their way into this setup for the first time? It's good having their um, like their experience, just their experience um, being let off and shown on you. But at, like at the end, at the end of the day, you still know who's who's in your corner. Like, oh, no, not really. Like, I never really put too much pressure on myself. And the lads are the lads are very good. Like, the lads will never put too much too much tasks on you, and they just break things down simply and stuff like that. Will we get some Chinese in over the weekend? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll <laughs> That's to a see. stupid question for me to ask. You're, you're not going to answer that live on the air either. That's a stupid question for me to ask. No, I don't, I don't think so, to be honest. No, we're done with that. I had one after the elite, and then we'll call it that. Wow. I'm excited for this new look team. I think there's some some very, very special talent coming through, but I think there's some bigger characters, and it's something that sport, the Premier League, the GA world, the boxing world, it's missing real characters, and I think you lads have it to an abundance of it, and I'm looking forward to watching it over the next few years. Yeah. Uh, we're all just enjoying, enjoying the process anyway, so just yeah. taking every day as a fun. Well, I, thanks a million for taking time to chat with me. Enjoy your meal, enjoy the rest of the camp, and and go lay down a marker and let them know when the next time to step in with the big man from from Monkstown. What's coming down that line? I uh, will do. Thanks very much. Chat to you. God bless. Bye bye bye. And again, something I speak of regularly in sport, whether it's boxing, whether it's football, is character. Character is so important. It's what stood at the likes of Chris Waddle. It stood the likes of Brian Robson. It stood the likes of Gaza. It stood them out from all the rest. Not just their supreme talents, but that ability to mix their characteristics, their true self, with the God-given talents that they've got. And I said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it. This new look Irish team has got an abundance of character. Now, before I get on to chat with Jake Rappel... You'll notice I've mentioned a few times that there was a lot of people talking about Jack Marley's performance and about how much of a standout talent he was at these recent elites. If you don't want to take my word for it, here's a brief clip from an interview I had with Jim Rock only a couple of weeks ago where Jim actually talked about Jack and how striking it was. The young ones coming through now, I mean, like you have to say, like Jack Marley, like, Jesus, like he is, he's a, I, only met, I met his mom there the other day 
and I was saying she was saying oh Casey done well and all that I said yeah but Jack's, Jack is Jack was the star Saturday night I said like for the heavyweight to move like he does to throw punches like he does I said he's he's rare and as that age old Irish phrase goes what's rare is indeed wonderful here's Jake Grapple as juniors there was a lot of us but we didn't have any seniors and now we're all the seniors in the club Tell me a little bit where it started for Jake Rappel and, and tell me a little bit, um, tell me whatever you want to tell me. How did you get into it? Where did it come from? And wh- what was it that drew you into it? Well, uh, my dad is actually the founder of Monkstown Boxing Club. So from a young age, I was always in the club, just messing around and stuff like that. And uh, I started actually training when I was six years old. And ever since then, I just loved it, like of East Leap and Braid Boxing. It must seem like a lifetime ago that those days where you were that little six-year-old t- nipping at the ankles at the mall when they're training and doing their runs and doing their school boxing and now and now you're the one that when the door opens, how does it feel coming back from the elites with that belt around your head or over your head, around your waist and, and all the kids are coming to you? That that must be a special feeling. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. It's, it's a dream of mine since I'm a child, you know, and... When, when you're a challenger and you're looking up at the champions and you're looking at those names and you're looking at them and you're saying that's going to be me that's 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 what I want to do and you're you're manifesting it you're you're, you're visualizing it doing all the things that a champion does when you're there what's the mindset like now I'm just uh, focused look I just want to get back training and I want to just keep improving I just want to uh, level up I was actually supposed to join the army it was postponed so I'm just waiting for another callback for that now to see when it starts. So yourself and Sean are going to be, uh, you'd be, you'd be in the billets at the same time as well as clubs. You must be sick of the sight of each other at this stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, sure. but that's another side of it. And I just, as I'm just off the phone to Sean there, and he's had an incredible 18 months. He's gone from from we've gone from lockdown. He's gone to being called up. He's gone to being enlisting. He's gone to the military games, and now he's gone to the world. He said it's something. There's an incredible bond there between, for anyone that's not familiar, Jake Rappel, Sean Marie, and and um, Big Jack are all clubmates. You're all out of the same club. What's that like to have comrades, comrades, brothers, almost who have you've you've essentially you've grown up with, haven't you? Yeah, we're seeing each other since we're children. You know, it's unbelievable just to be on the same team as them, going travelling with with like me mate I've grown up with. It's not. It's very rare to see. Yeah, uh, like it is. Even two two lads from the same club. Never mind three. From what Sean is telling me, just it's it's not going to stop there. There's talent coming underneath. It's incredible, isn't it? It's it's it's, it's special times. It's important to make the most and enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, and there's a, there's a lot of talent coming through the club. I believe we'll be on the senior team for a few years too. The club's just getting better and better. And last week was a big week for yourself. You were in. You were over in Sheffield doing better than okay holding your own and, and, and test matches all over the place you're back now is there a case of getting back in will you be in the HP unit will you be up in camp up there for a the few weeks or will you have to wait now till you get called from the army hopefully in the next few weeks I'll be getting a call up to go back into the high performance in Ampistown now I'm not sure what the story is the army I think that could be set back till early next year now as well I can just keep training out there and keep getting better and learning. For an elite level athlete like yourself, for a fellow who's used to fast pace, everything is, I'm either going sparring, I'm going training, we're going doing our long runs, we're going doing our sprints. How was that? It's And how is it now that you're coming out of it? Is it frustrating? Oh, it was horrible. Like just, I was out of the ring for about 18 months and I actually won my first Irish title just before the lockdown. 
and I qualified for the European Championships and I was supposed to go to the youth Europeans Ireland couldn't go because of Covid I was very frustrated a lot of hard work went into winning that title then just a long time out of the ring I was absolutely delighted to see the elites were back and I was old enough to compete in them this year then you're growing up now, the senior in the club, you're you're the one they're all looking up to. You're also going to have a target on your back. You're going to have fellas thinking, right, his, this lad has that, I'm going to take it off him. How is that? How will you deal with that? Oh, it'll be fine with it, you know. It's boxing, that's how things are. There'll be people coming up from the youths and stuff next year now, probably trying to take my spot. But I'll just keep levelling up and getting better and keep me training up, you know. And in those rare days off that you have, like like today, first of all, what do you like to do on those days off and what do you like not to do? I'd usually chill out, watch a few movies. I might go cinema now later on, take it easy. I don't like to do too much. And on, even on the days off and on the breaks, I have a feeling, and I didn't ask any of the others this question, but I get the feeling that uh, are you, you're never a million miles away from the likes of Sean or Jack. It seems like a very close unit. There's either one or all of you together or talking or contacting. How does that play out? Are you, are you genuinely as good friends out of the ring as you are seemingly when you're about it? Yeah, no, really, we're really close. Like, especially because me and Jack live very close together. We're uh, always together. It helps to share the highs and it helps even more so with the lows. So it's like having another family really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like the boxing club's a second home to us all. If I could give you a perfect scenario for the next, say, 12 to 18 months, I know the biggest picture and the greatest picture is the greatest show on earth and it's not that far, it's only three years away. But in the medium, yeah. short term, if I could give you a perfect scenario for 12 to 18 months for Jake Rappel, what would it be? I'd love to get a few international tournaments for Ireland, maybe multi-nations and stuff. Hopefully next year I might go to the Europeans or and to the elites again. I'll be looking to box in them, retain my title. Yeah, just as much as much fights as I can get and as much tournaments and competition. The last of my guests for this episode is by far the chattiest, the most comfortable on air. And that's not to say that Jack or Jake weren't, but it's clear that Sean Murray, as well as being a gifted and decorated international boxer, <laughs> had a gift of the gab. Extremely well able to verbalise, just very comfortable doing so. I started off by congratulating Sean on his recent success at the World Military Games and asked him to talk a little bit about it. Great to get out there. I was a bit nervous now going over because it was a high level, a high standard. Um, there was Olympians there, there was lads that just missed out in the Olympics. They were all international, high level, elite level boxers. So I was looking forward to it to go and test myself and I was absolutely delighted to get the opportunity from the Defence Forces to go. We can talk about the military games, but we also got to look at the, the, the elites and what a year it's been for Monkstown. It's a special yeah. time for the club, isn't it? Oh, it's unbelievable. We've all came up trying together since we've been kids, you know what I mean? Like babies, like so we've been all coming up together and we've all seen each other progress the whole way up. Like we were always winning youth titles and junior titles, and it's starting to come to fruition now. Where the was all coming through the elite ranks, so it's just it's unbelievable to see. You know what I mean? It's the dedication and the effort that the coaches put in. Like unbelievable amount of hours and pointless hours into the club, and they organise and prepare. They, the, the preparation that goes into everything with with the club is, is it's unbelievable. It's a long time coming, to be honest with you. Al takes me nicely when did you start and, and what started you off in it as you're a kid you know you're caught up with football you want to be the next big footballer but uh, I started I gave up football in the way I know and it just wasn't really for me anymore and then I just I was t- just straight into boxing and I just started boxing started in a white horse boxing club I just fell in love with it instantly the goal has always been the Olympic Games you know what I mean that's 
from when I was a kid, kid, like, you know what I mean, since knowing when I, that's when I first realised and box there, boxing white shorts for, um, from knowing up until I was 14, so, good three or four years up there, like, and I, I enjoyed my time up there, it was brilliant up there, I learned loads up there, and won my first national title there as well. The way that you've been, the way that your year has gone, the way everything has gone for you, Sean, I'm getting a little bit browned off talking about it, but it, it is a big factor, is lockdown, and how, how did it affect you? I only joined the army there in January, just gone. Oh man, so, so you've hit the ground running. When the lockdown first hit initially, I was, I was training anyway, taking over. I'm lucky enough, uh, my mother and father have a boxing club, uh, they only open, but I, I was doing a bit of training with me, with me father, keeping busy and running and doing my own bits and bobs. Like it made me think of a career choice, to be honest with you. The lockdown, if, I, if anything, because I was trying, I was trying hard twice a day, maybe, and but I'd no, I'd no real income. I had a part-time job, so I needed to think of a career choice. Joining the defence forces, and to be honest, it's been the best fit decision I've made. Boxing being a, a lone sport, it is to a point. I know you have your team and I know you've got your people around you, but being a lone sport, how is that then as a transition for you going into a team where if somebody down the line makes a mistake, the whole team pays? I see it as a team, like, always, anyway, boxing. Especially with the club Monkstown, we're, we're so close together, we're, we're such a close unit. Well, we are a team, you know what I mean? So we'd be all in camps together anyway, we're all around the same age. So we're always pushing each other on and helping each other on. So that sort of training with the club in Monkstown and stuff like that, that going to help me with the army with the teamwork and the things you know what do the next couple of weeks look like for you a lot of new faces a lot of tests and a lot of test matches and a lot of sparring and a lot of gritty sparring matches up there people trying to find their feet trying to find their way in but mate you've done it you've you've got it right now you've got the nod and it's 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 about yeah. holding on to it now isn't it so i'm um, blessed what, will you see a big transition now on the world stage like when you got the GB across there we're seeing like we all know the names and the faces GB have probably come off the back of the best Olympics they've ever had Yeah. under the guidance of of course um, McCracken and Rob McCracken and the likes of Richie yeah, Woodall yeah. and people like that and so many more that people don't know um, did you see much of a transition there must be a lot of new faces that's around a lot of the all, all new faces yeah so there you go all so new faces. you're on it's, a level game done. from that way it's it's a similar similar to us, you know. What I mean, it's a new team, young team, new cycle. It's similar similar sort of thing, you know what I mean. All of them are are new. All of them are over there. They're all. There's, I don't think there's one uh, Olympian that went to uh, Tokyo off the GB team that uh, that's still there. I think they're all turned over. So it's it, it's a new cycle for them as well. So. That's what I'm saying. See what happens. From a career standpoint, you're represented at the military games. You've already got. You've started that with a bang. You're into the senior yep. setup now. You're starting that with a bang. A good friend yep. of mine that I grew up with and I spent many years watching in awe of was Dermot Early. His dad was chief of staff. They represented at the top level. Um, he understands what it's all about. Are you um, stationed? Do you know where you're stationed yet, or are you wh- where are you at these days? I'm stationed. I'm still stationed in Cattlebrill Barracks. There you go. And is he fellow, what, what way is he at these days? I know he's just become a selector with the Kildare Senior Football. Oh, who? Oh, I'm not too sure. Who, who did you say? I thought Early, yeah. His, his dad was chief of staff for years, for, for a couple of years, and I think he's. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure now. I don't know where he stays. No touch time about myself there. No, but you, yeah. you'll have um, time off. You'll have no problem getting time off to go represent Ireland because that's what they're all about, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very lucky now. I, I owe a lot to the defence force as well for the time they do give me for the boxing. And they don't so, have uh, too many representing them on the world stage either. So it's a very much two-way street, Sean. It's um, it's it's great to chat with you, mate. I'm I'm looking forward to watching the division that we've been steeped in with over the years. We've been blessed to have special fellas represent. Tunnel vision, Al, tunnel vision. 
Well, so Sean, you stay safe, mate. You travel well. You travel safe. I'm thanks, looking Dad. forward to watching you. Perfect, Dad. Thanks very much. Thanks for the interview, mate. Thank you. That's so much. And thank you, Sean. And thank you, Jack, Jake, JP, Eve, and everybody who's helped me make the connections and contacts for this episode. As I said, it started off as an idea just to focus on the elite champions, and then when I when I realised and discovered the story behind Monkstown Boxing Club, I just thought. You know, something with all the politics and all the bickering and fighting and arguing that goes on. It's about time we start focusing on the good, the highlights. And in Monkstown Boxing Club, I believe it's one of the best stories, if not the best stories, of the modern boxing age. And that is no disrespect or offence or anything else to any other club. At least one more episode in this Elites series where I'm going to speak to Evelyn Agaro, we'll speak to Ricky Nesbitt and a couple of other newly crowned champions. You'll hear from a couple of champions of days gone by. And we'll, of course, have another couple of parts of that interview with the wonderful Anna Moore from St. Francis, B.C. in Limerick. You'll notice when I recorded these interviews with Jake, Jack and Sean, the lads were prepping to get ready to go. As it turned out, Jack didn't travel to the Worlds, either did Jake. And it was, a, in my opinion, it was, it was a good, educated, informed decision not to send... A, you're not sending a fella to box in a division where he can tip about you're sending them in with seasoned grown adults who have spent a whole career, a whole lifetime at that weight at that competition, at that level it's not one to be messed around with and there is no hurry on this fella the talent, you've heard Jim Rock's opinions on him the skill, the attributes, he's got them all. As I put the finishing touches to this on Tuesday the 9th, the lads are gone again, I believe heading to Macedonia to to compete in a multi-nation tournament I think Sean is going, I think Jake is going, uh, along with a multitude of others. And of course, we can't not mention the incredible Keelan Cassidy, who has been just outdoing himself over the last few weeks in the World Championships. Very, very close to bringing home a medal. And um, I'll endeavour to get in touch with with the big man soon too as well. That's about it from me and them until then. I hope you're enjoying these little episodes where we shine a light on the forgotten boxers, the ones who I believe are, are the future. The ones we'll all be supporting when they're coming home with medals around their necks. I was going to say all the time, now is the time to back them. Thanks a lot for listening. Please, please, don't be afraid to share. Spread the word. Click the link below in the YouTube, in the notes. Support that too. Take this on to the next level. For me and them until then, stay safe, stay sane, smile. All's well that ends well. <laughs>